We think the Milwaukee Bucks are contenders this season, but could it all hinge on the knee of Chris Milton? And if that is the case, how confident do we feel about this after he missed the last game before the All-Star break? Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum said Giannis is the best player in the league, but are they just being smart ahead of the Eastern Conference playoffs? And maybe Mike Budenholz's Mike assistant might get a senior head coaching job. Why do they keep taking Bud's assistance if Bud isn't a good coach? That is a question I want to ask these guys. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and uh, today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online available to people worldwide and they have a special offer for listeners to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash lockdown. We'll get into that a little bit later alongside me today from the Technical Foul podcast and of course, an absolute regular on Lockdown Bucks is Camille Davis. And from the Bucks Radio Network, uh, maybe just uh, needing to shake off the rust before he gets back into the regular season, it's Justin Garcia. Of course, we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day, whether it's on YouTube or the audio platform as well. And I know it's been a while since the Bucks have played, so maybe you're just plugging back in to Lockdown Bucks after having a nice little all-star weekend break yourself. But if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do that. And in my totally unbiased opinion, we had some pretty cool shows this week. We had Gerald Bourget that came on the show and gave us a real insight into Jay Crowder, what he's like in the locker room, what he was actually like last time he was on the basketball court as well, so you can learn about Jay Crowder. And then yesterday we had Sam Fasini, who's a draft expert over at The Athletic, and we did a, a big chat about Marjan Beauchamp, the pre-draft stuff, what we've seen in the rookie season. So check out those podcasts. Jump in the comments on YouTube, subscribe, like, all that kind of stuff. It helps us and it's free to do. So why would you why would you not want to do that for uh, your friends here on Locked On Bucks? Milwaukee are playing basketball, though. They're playing the Miami Heat Friday night, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. The old rivalry continues. And before I bring in uh, Justin and Camille, just a quick update on the injury report from the Bucks. Giannis doubtful with that wrist. Pat Connaughton doubtful with the calf that he missed the last game before the break with. And Wesley Matthews is out. And Camille, so I'll throw it to you. Wesley Matthews is out, which I think in part is to save you from a, a complete emotional breakdown because it looks like Jay Crowder is going to play in this game. And if we had Wesley Matthews and Jay Crowder on the floor at the same time, it might be too much for you to handle as the Lockdown Bucks Marquette expert. You know what? At this point with the way that Marquette season is going, can't have too much. Give me more. Double it up all the Marquette in the world. Um, no, but seeing that Wes is out, it did make me uh, giggle thinking of something that you've said before, Kane, about but maybe just switching through the old guys, quote-unquote, on the roster, yeah. letting yeah. them rest and, you know, get some playing time. But um, given where the Bucks' health status was going into All-Star break, uh, seeing just three guys here on this injury report list, 
kind of like, okay, makes some, makes some sense to me. West was a new name there, but to see that Giannis is doubtful um, and not just out makes me feel even better about where his risk might be um, with understanding that we know it's a pain tolerance thing for him at this point. Um, nothing serious occurred there. So um, seeing him as doubtful, seeing Pat on there as well, calf injuries, take your time with it. So, mm-hmm. you know, Chris not being on the list is great news because that, that knee situation is something to keep an eye on for sure. But I'm excited to see Jay get on the court for the first time. I'm excited to see Bobby make his return as well. Uh, it was really cool seeing the footage that uh, Bobby, Joe, and Jay were all working out in Miami over All-Star break. I was like, I wonder if Jay still has a house down there or something like that. So um, I'm just looking forward to seeing some Bugs basketball. This All-Star break always feels long to me. Um, I'm glad that the NBA itself is back tonight, but really, really want to see some Bucks basketball. Speaking of old guys, Kyle Lowry is not going to play for Miami. He hasn't played for a while there. So we'll see. Miami, kind of a team that's you know floating around the outside. Kevin Love probably going to play in that game. Justin, that was a perfect segue from Camille, though, uh, when she did discuss Chris Milton, because that's what we're going to get to right now. And this is the big question that is just hovering over the Bucks. We discussed Chris Milton, or we have discussed Chris Milton endlessly this season. For good reason. He's only played 17 games. Looked like he was on a little bit of a a hot stretch before the break and he was starting to ramp up. And then he missed the last game before the All-Star break against Chicago. Now you sit back and you say, okay, yeah, look after Chris. Give him an extra few days off. All that matters is the postseason. But Laurie Nickel was at practice today and she put this tweet up and I just want to read a quote to you, Justin, and then ask you how concerning this is. And Chris Middleton said, I felt like I was going to be a liability out there more than helping the team. That's something I never want to be. Play through a lot of things, but I don't want to hurt my team. And I felt like it would be one of those situations. After that, he went on to say, hopefully the training wheels are off soon. And I I assume he's talking about the minute stuff there. Look, he he only played. He he didn't play a back-to-back. He was playing basically every second night. Sometimes there was two nights off. If you're at the point where you're like, and maybe this is a little too honest from Chris and maybe we don't read too much into this, but if he's saying he thought he was going to be a liability on the floor after having a couple of nights off before that, I don't don't know how you can take the training wheels off anytime soon. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to choose to view it as Chris being maybe too honest or uh, exaggerating a bit much when you think about the athlete mind and well, if I can't be at this level, I'm hurting the team versus what we see out there. So that's how I'm going to choose to view it because um, as you mentioned, he did start to look very, very good right up until missing that final game against the bulls. And uh, I get why they're being overly cautious with him. It's not the same knee that he injured last year in the playoffs, but we saw if you don't have one of those three, you're probably not going to be a legit title contender in the Eastern Conference and in all basketball, depending on what happens with one of this weekend's opponents too. So I get them being overly cautious with him and saying, hey, man, let's keep you at 20 minutes. Let's make sure you get through the regular season. And once we get close to the playoffs, those training wheels will come off and and the playoffs will be a different story. So until uh, absences start to tick upward here, I'm just going to choose to believe it's it's not anything to worry about just yet until he gives us a sign that we need to be worried. Camille, that is Justin just uh, trying to push the bad thoughts to the back of the mind. And we all do that in life with different things. And I'm more than happy to do that with Chris Milton. But how do you sit with this? Because as I said, he's played 17 games. Everything has been pretty efficient. The three-point shot at 28%. 
And I don't know. He's got a pretty flat three-point shot. Maybe there's some stuff where the legs has, hasn't, haven't quite come back yet. Uh, I would believe that's the case. But on a per 36 basis, he's putting up 23, six and a half rebounds, six and a half assists. I mean, and everything changed for the Bucs. They've been around the 23rd, 24th offense for the most of the season in this 12-game winning streak where Middleton played 11 of those games, or I believe 10 of those games, 10 of the 12. They were the 11th ranked offense. So he is so critical to this team. When you hear him say that, and the fact that it doesn't seem like the concern is going to go away with only 20 games to go, and they're really going to have to baby him to the playoffs. Baby, you know, use whatever word, uh, nurse, uh, whatever word you got for it, Camille. How do you feel? It's uh, it's interesting, right? Because Chris revealed that this knee stuff isn't necessarily new to him. It's mm-hmm. the timing of him suffering this injury right now that's new. Um, apparently, this is something that he experiences every summer, and he says not a big deal because he's used to it. As fans and folks who are watching the Milwaukee Bucks, it's just that we haven't seen this. We didn't know it was a thing because we never saw him over the summer. Um, so this happening now in the middle of the season, it's one of those things where it's like I I don't know exactly how to move or feel about it because it's it's brand new. Trust the Bucks medical staff, of course, but given what we know about this team, um, and I guess you could say it would be true for most teams. If you lose one of your key guys, your title shots are dashed considerably. So. I am just at this point hoping that we don't see too much more of that. I'm not sure how long it normally lasts for him in the summer when he has this knee problem. I'm not sure exactly how much rest he generally needs to get it back. I'm not sure if this, this plan of ramping him up slowly, I I just, I'm, I'm not sure exactly the direction of it. All I can say is that I hope that whatever is going on with his knee, that this, again, this break for All-Star helped get that right back to where it needs to be so that he can continue building on and adding more minutes onto his body and his body doesn't respond in a way uh, where he's unable to play. The level of honesty that he gave there saying, like, I felt like I was going to be a liability, something that you don't hear too often. It's something that I know I've discussed before on Technical File when it came to, like, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, where it's like, if if your thumb's messed up, dude, should Jordan Love be in the game? Is 70% of Aaron Rodgers better than 100% of Jordan Love? And the question here with you look at Chris and he's looking at himself in the mirror saying, you know, whatever percent that he was feeling at that time against Chicago, he's like, it's not good enough. Like this blank percentage of me, 70%, whatever it is, isn't as good as 100% of, you know, guys who can go off the bench and come in the game right now. So I am a little concerned because – I feel like this Bucks team's championship caliber, the only thing that can stop the Bucks, in my opinion, is health. Um, so if Chris is somebody who come playoff time, like if we're still having this discussion in another month or so, I'm going to really be sounding off some red flags. But at this point, because it's new, not sure how the timeline normally plays out with him and it's in the middle of the season now, all I can do is just kind of wait, keep reading the tea leaves, see how he's looking. And if we're still having this conversation in a month's time, then it's I'm I'm going to be very, very concerned because without Chris, this Bucks offense just does not have the same juice to it. I mean, we can add in Jay, we can add in Joe Ingles, so on and so forth, but Chris is a cog that this team needs to go. Yeah, drop your thoughts in the YouTube comments. I know that this will probably spark conversations about they should have traded Chris and I don't want to pay him a long-term extension. The extension stuff for sure is a completely separate conversation to what we're talking about right now. Can he be healthy throughout what would be 20, 21, 22 games in a, in a short period of time where it's like, you're not getting a night off in the postseason. 
yeah, maybe you want to take care of business in the first round and get a few extra days off or something like that. But other than that, the series is going to tick over. So that's why when you look at it, fine, have another week off here. But if we get to these last 20 games and I don't expect him to play it back-to-back, but if he starts having to miss games after days off and not consecutive days, I think that's where you get a little bit worried. And Justin, I know you're about to say something, which is good because I'm about to come back to you because I also want to talk about Giannis next and the wrist because there is just a different level of concern when it comes to Giannis is going to play through a little bit of pain and soreness. And we look at it completely different, even if we understand the ramifications of a Giannis injury. But first, this show and episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, guys. There's no doubt about it. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. And if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely done online. So I've been through this. It's kind of a weird thing. You don't want to like go to some place and like sit in a waiting room and people are looking at you. You see someone you know, all those types of things. You don't have to worry about that with BetterHelp because it's all online, which is the best thing about it. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched on a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time if it's not working out for you at no additional cost. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, Justin, let it rip. You can fire away now with your last thoughts you had there with Chris Middleton. And then we'll transition into Giannis because... The other thing out of practice was Bud basically saying, we don't know how Giannis is going to go. He's got a bit of pain there. But it seems like there is a chance if they, if this was the postseason, he would be playing tomorrow against the Miami Heat, which again, I don't, I don't know what else to say about this, man. It is uh, not human. Yeah, um, I'm still stunned that he's just listed as doubtful on the injury report. And, you know, we were kind of talking before we started recording too of like, well, I, I wouldn't really rule out he's, going to be listed as doubtful for maybe a week or 10 days and he's going to miss that much time, but you'll just, uh, maybe he'll play today and drag it out like that. But still um, we talked about this, uh, watching that occur in real time and watching the way he was all-star weekend and at the all-star game and the video that came out of him getting the trophy and him picking up his son, it did not look very good. So um, I'm stunned that it's doubtful. The only thing I had in the Chris thing, you mentioned the back-to-back. So do you anticipate he's not going to play in any back-to-backs this season? I think they have five left. I don't think so. And and I'm like totally fine with that. What's the point? You, you're you're based on what we know. Point. Yeah. Yeah. That's You're not going to have to do it in the postseason. So it's not like you need to see whether you can get through it. I would imagine Jay Crowder is going to do it. And Camille... They're going to rotate the old boys. They're going to rotate the old boys and they can mix and match those wings and half play one night, half play the other. Do you, what do you think, Justin? Um, I, so I, at first I thought, well, I think there's a chance he's going to, and I know he's, well, I'd like to eventually play. Bud's been asked, do you see it happening? And, you know, we'll, we don't know yet. We'll see. Um, so initially I thought, uh, I think he'll get some in, in the midpoint where we get to the end of the season what's the point and when you're right coming out of the all-star break you probably won't so maybe in the middle point of those five remaining but the more you think about it what what's the point you know you're not going to have any back-to-backs in the playoffs 
Yep, totally agree. All right, let's go to Giannis now and Camille. I'll throw to you. So we saw this clip today, and I only saw a few social media clips. I believe it was the Malika Andrews who did a sit-down with a bunch of players at All-Star Weekend or prior to All-Star Weekend. And Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum said some really nice things about Giannis. And by the way, all the truth. We're not denying that it's the truth, and they said that they think he's the best player in the NBA. I personally agree with that. But my question to you, did they could they say any other answer when they understand that they are about a month away from potentially going seven games against Giannis? <laughs> well, it hasn't stopped anybody before uh, not picking Giannis or saying that all he does is run and dunk. So yeah, we didn't hear the James Harden quote. Uh, has right. anyone got that? Oh, he wasn't at All Star Weekend. Sorry, continue, Camille. <laughs> right. So I think it's a respect thing. I think you know one thing that I've heard Bucks fans gripe about, and I mean, we've talked about it before as well, is that Giannis doesn't seem as respected by his peers as other players do. Uh, so to see somebody like Jason Tatum, who is an ascending star in the league, played for the Boston Celtics, he sees Giannis often. They just had a gruesome seven-game series last year. I think it's a respect factor at this point, where after that series, Jason Tatum walked away, and there's nothing more you can say. Like, this dude, mm. like, by himself really tried to carry this team almost got it he was a he was a handful for us and this just respect uh what Jason Tatum said was true every guy's gonna have an off night but Giannis's off nights are still like 20 and 15 <laughs> and it's just like what what can you, what more can you do with this guy and Donovan Mitchell just kind of co-signing it was just kind of like a yeah I would agree I say Giannis too and I think it's just a respect factor for that and I feel like after you go through certain series or battles with certain players, maybe you look at them a little bit differently after you had to go against them head to head for a little bit. So I don't think it's any games because Tatum doesn't seem to me like the kind of guy who's ducking any smoke. Like he's scared. Mm. I mean, that Celtics team, they went through it last year. They had quite a season when you remember last year, how they started the season looking terrible, flipped it around, had a run and then had a magical run in the playoffs all the way to the final. So I don't think Tatum's necessarily scared or trying to get in anybody's head, but just a respect factor of, you know, I battled this guy last year. He's tough. He's tough. So I genuinely, uh, generally agree with that. You know, we spoke about the MVP stuff yesterday with Sam Vecini, Justin, and I am curious to know, let's just say the media didn't do the, the MVP voting and look, there's all this stuff now about, Oh, you want to change the way you look at the MVP and now you want to give Jokic three in a row, which I totally understand why that would be frustrating for Bucks fans. Who do you think would be MVP then this year? If the players were voting, because I think this is very hard to judge because Mm. LeBron. Yeah. I, I I think you still have a majority of the players that are, are going to either young players that looked up to LeBron so guys, not the best player in the league. This year's guys, MVP. Guys that are with that. clutch, guys that are trying to get him with, like LeBron is going to win that popularity contest. Giannis would be up there, but I, I think LeBron would be voted MVP if it was up to the players. Well, geez, I wasn't sure where you were going to go with that answer, but maybe we maybe we won't head to the player vote uh, moving forward then. But I think it's interesting because we've discussed the, the international player factor and do they get the respect or does it take longer to get the respect? They don't necessarily want to be best friends with everyone. And I think there's a little bit of that with Jokic, Giannis, and, and Doncic a little bit, although now he's playing with Kyrie Irving. We'll see how that that plays out. But, you know, it, it would be fascinating to see whether Jokic would even get that respect because it's not like we outwardly hear 
players going out of their way to talk up Jokic as well. No, I, I don't think he would. And I think I think you and I talked about this too. I think if you want any better indication of that, is the All-Star game and the draft that Nikola Jokic, he would have been the last guy selected in the draft mm-hmm. if he didn't get up because LeBron James was going to take Laurie Markkinen just for the spectacle of him being in Utah. So I don't think it's coincidental either. I think players look at it too and, and say he's good, but I, I think there's a kind of backlash against statistics and advanced stats of like, well, you don't play, so you don't understand this. And I think that kind of hurts Nikola Jokic. So I don't think that, that he would be the guy that was chosen by his peers. I think Giannis is in that same conversation a couple of years ago, but you can't deny winning a championship. You can't deny what he did in that series against the Brooklyn Nets, where he went toe to toe with Kevin Durant throughout the course of that series. And, uh, you mentioned what Tatum said recently, just a couple of days ago, I think I want to say Grant Williams, not the same caliber player, but I want to say he basically said the same thing immediately after that series too, of thank God we don't have to see that guy. Cause he just keeps coming and coming and coming. And the more you go up against him, uh, the more those players start to kind of change their tune of, you know what, this guy, as you mentioned before, isn't just the guy that runs and dunks. All right, let's chat about Mike Budenholzer next and his coaching tree because it could be a possibility that the Bucks are about to lose another highly credentialed assistant coach. There is an opening at the Atlanta Hawks, which is a whole nuller entire conversation that we won't get to today. But I want to talk about Mike Budenholzer and his coaching tree next and what does that actually mean when we evaluate Mike Budenholzer as a coach? But first, Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And if you talk about uh, an electric performance this week, I know we've had the week off, but I'm going with Jay Crowder because Camille mentioned it. He was down in Miami. He was working his butt off over the All-Star week, getting himself into shape. And uh, I think there are some comparisons with the hard work of of Jay Crowder and the Nissan Aria because uh, brilliantly uh, fierce, fiercely elegant, stunningly powerful, which is what we're looking forward to Jay Crowder in this lineup. Uh, But there is an elegance to it, just like the Nissan Aria as well because we've heard Jay Crowder talk and he is very well spoken and he, he knows exactly what he can bring to this Bucks locker room. So I think there are significant comparisons between Jay Crowder and the Nissan Aria. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs Pintia seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. It's the all new all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com I don't appreciate the little smirks on your face uh, <laughs> either. By the way, let me just get that out there. I'm sorry. I'm 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 from a a, a Nissan family. Uh, we have a lot of. <laughs> I grew up with Nissans, and uh, I drive a Nissan. So the ad read every time just brings a smile to my face. Well, beautiful machine, though. Absolutely no doubt about that. And uh, I do my best to sound American when I do that. But there's only so much you can do with my uh, Australian ways. Mike Budenholzer, uh, we know, has had an incredibly successful career as a head coach, uh, won a whole heap of games in the regular season across his career, eventually broke through and won the 2021 title uh, with this team. Should be a legend forever in this city, but it's never quite the case. And there are always the detractors, and uh, you, I've, I don't need to go on about it again. I've gone on about it forever. I think that the, the way that you know, he is criticized as a coach is, is far too over the top. It's too simplistic. That's not the way coaching works. 
But yet we are potentially in a situation where Charles Lee has continuously been brought up as a guy that is close to picking up a head coaching role. He's again in the mix for this Atlanta job. And maybe it goes to Quinn Snyder and maybe Charles Lee doesn't get it. But there's probably going to be further openings across the league in the offseason. And it seems like it's a matter of time before Charles Lee gets it. He would be following Darvin Ham. Uh, who else have we got? Taylor Jenkins. Uh, yeah, Quinn Snyder. Kenny Atkinson. The guy's back to that Atlanta uh, franchise in the first place when Bud was back there. So Camille, if Bud is in some circles what people will try and tell you, such a terrible coach, why do franchises consistently respect and want to get the guys to lead their franchise that have been around this man for as long as possible? And is there more to it? Is it that simple? Because I can't wrap my head around if he was such a terrible coach, why everyone would want the guys that have spent years and years under his tutelage. You know, I, I I think when you take a look at the coaching landscape, there's a lot of bad coaches, right? So if you have a guy who can consistently win you 50, 55 games a year, like Bud has, and we saw what he did in Atlanta, we've seen what he's done in Milwaukee. Of course, the team build-up makeup in Milwaukee is a bit different than what he had going in Atlanta back then, but he's a coach that generally is going to have a winning season. Now, some might not say that's great. Some can say it's on talent, whatever, whatever, whatever. But at this point, we know Bud's a good coach. At the very least, maybe he's not great in certain circles. Maybe he's not excellent. Maybe he's not as good as Pop or whatever the case may be. But he's a good coach. And one thing about him, in my opinion, that makes him a good coach is having good assistance around him. Uh, a coaching staff is only as strong as the staff itself. Like the coach, the head coach is leading it, but everybody else underneath that they play crucial parts in the team. And we've seen guys under Bud continue to grow, spread their wings and get opportunities. And they've been pretty successful when they do branch out for the most part. Now, when Darvin Ham left, I was like, you know, I hope he gets a gig for sure. Don't know if I wanted to be the Lakers because I don't want him to walk into a toxic situation where he's not set up to succeed. And as for Charles Lee, He's a name that's been hot for a few years now. Like his name has been brought up for years. Although earlier on, it's like maybe it's not as serious, but like it's a rising candidate for you to keep your eye on. Like that's a name to continue to watch because he's talented. No, no, if I would want to see him go to Atlanta, another situation where I'm like, I'm not exactly sure if that's a coaching situation that would set Charles Lee up for success as a first time young head coach, given what we no, speculate, whatever word you want to use there about uh, their star player down there in Atlanta with Trey Young. Not sure if that would be the best environment for a new young head coach, but another guy with uh, Bud ties, Quinn Snyder, might be a better fit. So the way that it sounds to me from reports, it seems as if Quinn Snyder is who they really want, and that's the guy that they're really going for. But these other guys are just names they're throwing out as like, you know, if it doesn't work out here, we, we can also, you know, evaluate these other guys here. So uh who knows? I'm not sure if it's necessarily saying like Bud's great, but at the very least, I think you have to say he's a good head coach and that he is good at picking a staff around him to help his teams be successful. So I could see why other franchises would want to see if, you know, someone else off that tree could do well, because you look at what's going on in Memphis, <laughs> like it's 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 a very Bucks like system that they run down there. So um, I could see why I could see the appeal. Well, that's the thing. I will say that. For all the, the criticism to the way the Bucks plays, you see Bucks stuff within all these guys mm-hmm. that move on. You see a lot of similarities there. 
Uh, the Lakers earlier in the season with the way they were defending the three, and I see these Lakers fans, why are you giving up so many threes, all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, I've seen that conversation somewhere before. <laughs> but you do bring up a good point, Camille, about Bud is well-known, and you talk to any of the assistant coaches. We've had them on this podcast before, and they say that one of the great things about Bud, first of all, he's a great relationship guy, liked by the players, liked by his staff, but he's also a delegator, Justin, and he will give responsibilities and I think that that is key, but that also does set up guys to be in a good position to take their own responsibility and head coaching role. And Bud does genuinely seem like a guy that really, really cares and wants to see his assistants progress and get their own opportunity. Yeah. Um, I mean, I obviously, I don't think Bud is a bad coach. So I'm not, that's not what I'm getting at here, but oh boy. Seeing, <laughs> seeing guys on his staff move on to, to other opportunities as a head coach, it, it doesn't necessarily mean he's a good coach. It just speaks to Bud, the manager, and how good he is at getting his people promoted and empowering them. And things like when 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 the Bucks play teams throughout the course of the year and you have one of the opposing reporters in there, we always hear the question asked of, hey, what do you think about this guy if they're playing Memphis? Hey, what do you think uh, Jaron Jackson has been doing? What do you think about his progression this year? And, and we always hear the same answer from Bud where – He'll handle it a little bit of, yeah, he's been very good, but I let the assistants dig into that. And it's stuff like that where they put together the scout. They're the ones that are reviewing what this team is doing. You see how involved Charles Lee is each game up and down the sidelines. You saw it with Darvin Ham a year ago that he gets these guys ready for those positions and letting them do things like run the practice in their relationship with players. I think that's the biggest thing that Bud is, has really kind of tried to instill in some of these. Darvin Ham always had it, and you've heard Bud and players talk about the absence of that ever since Darvin Ham left. Not that it's gone completely, but his unique approach specifically. But I think that's what Bud has really excelled at the most is empowering these guys, getting them that experience, and just drilling in there the communication. And we've heard over and over the last few years having difficult conversations and not just being the guy that – either doesn't tell you what your role is, lies to you, or frames it in a different way. It's, hey, you may not want to hear this, but this is what we're doing, and this is why players respect that. And you don't see that on a lot of staffs. Uh, it's a fascinating conversation, and I'm sure we're going to get some feedback on YouTube. So make sure you give us uh, your thoughts on not only the Mike Budenholzer coaching tree and what it, it means, if anything, but the Chris Middleton stuff, how concerned are you out of 10? Uh, and then the Giannis stuff. You think uh, this is just a clear cut that Giannis is the best player in the world? I assume that the people are going to say yes. But are uh, Mitchell and Tatum just trying to lull the Bucks and Giannis into a false sense of security? Let us know everything there. Make sure you check out the Technical Foul podcast with Camille and the crew. They're having fun on a weekly basis. And listen to Justin on the radio. The Bucks are back 6.30 p.m. Central Time, Friday night against the Miami Heat. It doesn't necessarily look like Giannis is going to be there, but it will be the debut of Jay Crowder. That's going to be a lot of fun. Long time since we've seen Bobby Portis play, so he'll be out there. So it will be definitely worth tuning in for, and I'll try and drag Frank on for a weekend podcast as well for a bit of extra fun there. So make sure, uh, thank you, sorry, for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. Subscribe, like, comment, all that stuff. It's free to do, and it really helps us. Now for your second listen, uh, check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast on your Locked On NBA feed. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on your Locked On NBA feed. 
And we'll be back tomorrow. The Bucks are back. It's been a long week off, but uh, fill in some time. Catch up on all our podcasts throughout the week. We appreciate it, and we'll see you tomorrow after the Bucks are deep.